Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send him! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham and joining me as always, it's the, uh, oh geez, what is he? Uh, he's the, it's the, it's the extremely shoddy camera work that was at flipping Freca at Spain. Good grief. It was, jeez. It's Luke Holmes. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> and that was awful. So, that was literally the worst intro I've ever had. I, I, I know. You know what's not going to be awful? The TVI direction at Monaco this year. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're, New story. I'm jumping ahead. We've got literally nothing <laughs> No, to see. no, you can't just spend all of our weeks. Week, I, I've just done it as well with Freca. We can't just spend all of our week's news in one, in 10 fucking seconds. <laughs> I've got to, to slow down, son. <laughs> <laughs> That's the podcast. See you next week. Oh, dear. Uh, how's, how's things? Uh, in the land of Luke. Pretty decent. Pretty mm. decent. We are we are moving forward with life. Um, Excellent. Apparently, you know how I was telling you earlier that F3 was at Monaco? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's their first time at Monaco, according to Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's, there's an article on Race Fans about this. I don't have it open in front of me. It talked about the last time F3, as we know it, was at Monaco, as when like, yeah. Lewis Hamilton was there. So it was F3, but in like another GP3, f- yeah. whatever form it was in at the time. Yeah. So there, there is an article on that. There is also an article, you mentioned the TV direction. There's also a good article on race fans about, again, I don't have this open in front of me, just off the top of my head, uh, about some of the other bits and bobs kind of going on in Monaco for the first kind of stuff that's happening for the first time. Um, this year with the race compared to what's happened in the previous years. It got given the special treatment that it used to get that no longer really gets. Which is good. I think that was part of the deal. If you want to stay, then uh, you're going to need to change this, that and the other for us. So mm. kind of glad that the, because of TV direction on Monaco, my God, it's been awful for years. Absolutely awful. I'm sorry, you're making a great point, but we're going to have to cut away from that to watch no. Lance Stroll. <laughs> No, not this. Not Lance Stroll. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're, the rest of your point will no longer be shown. No longer be valid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We'll never come back to it. Uh, yeah, so obviously a quiet week in F1 because... Uh, well, we knew there was going to be some weather uh, shenanigans at play uh, for the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. Sadly, it ended up becoming a lot more serious than that. Uh, the I don't know, I don't know what river it is. Um, I could not tell you, but it literally runs right next to the track at the bottom part of the track, which I didn't realise it was so close. Yeah, I didn't either until I saw a camera shot of it afterwards, and then I looked on Google Maps because I was bored at work <laughs> to see what it was. Uh, the 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 hope or the expectation was that Tuesday and Wednesday were going to be the worst days of it, and that the race would be able to go ahead, but. Uh, given the substantial and unfortunate flooding and people's homes were lost, and I, I think it was a fourteen lives in the end. I'm not quite sure. There was problem, it, yeah. I, I, last I checked, it was that figure. Um, the F1 made the decision on uh, the, a person that were evacuated or asked to leave, rather not evacuated. The person that were asked to leave the paddock on, I think it was the Tuesday, and then I think it was a Wednesday in the end where the. It was announcement came through that the the race was not going to be taking place uh, this is what the 
This is what the uh, part of the F1 statement uh, said. Uh, it said, following discussions between Formula One, the president of the FIA, the competent authorities, including the relevant ministers, who had already, by the way, um, had called, I think it was the, the deputy minister, I think, had already I so. called, uh, asked, or was calling for the, the race to be called off. Uh, the relevant ministers, the president of the Automobile Club of Italy, the president of the Emilia-Romagna region, the mayor of the city and the promoter, decision has been taken not to proceed the Grand Prix at Imola. Decision has been taken because it was not possible to safely hold the event for our fans, the teams and our personnel, and it is right and a responsible thing to do given the situation faced by the towns and cities in the region. It would not be right to put further pressure on the local authorities and emergency services at this difficult time. And it, look, it, it, I think we can all agree this is the right decision to take, um, Stretch, yes. stretching emergency services would not like that need that you know we would need it to have at the at race weekend it would not so have small. It, yeah it wouldn't have it wouldn't have felt right to have those there while so much was going on elsewhere or nor i think to put this event on when i think i think i think you can have i think you can have sporting events that have you know you can i think it's it can be a good thing to have sporting events in the midst of a tragedy but to have it alongside it in the immediate area I think yeah. would have been probably in poor taste. Definitely, and I, I honestly think everyone made the right decision to call it early rather than dragging it out. Absolutely, because obviously, if people start turning up, obviously the team personnel are already there, and like from what I saw on Twitter, um, Sky had just literally landed and then immediately got turned round, pretty much like within twenty minutes of getting into Bologna, I believe it was that I saw um, Jessica McFadden posting on Instagram. They were, that's yeah, yeah. That's where they go into, yeah. Yeah. So it's literally straight away the, the insane amount of traffic and bringing in all the fans and stuff to that venue would have just made it even worse. So they just made the right decision straight away. Just I don't I don't know if they're going to rearrange the race. I've not seen anything. I don't believe that, they're going to. I don't think they are. So it's probably the best thing. To be fair, would have been a a shame to put it on when there was so much. Other stuff that needed more attention. Yeah, and there is there is good. There is like, there's been obviously. I think Ferrari denied donated a million. F1 did the same because obviously Demichelis is obviously from this. Not not the sole reason he did this, of course, but uh, he's from the area himself. He grew up in this region, so it's obviously close to his yeah, heart as well. Knows. So um, you've got teams. I think Avatari and obviously Sonoda was helping out as well. Uh, there was a story where Nick DeVries almost got trapped uh, as well. Oh really? Yeah. Jeez. So. And obviously, look at the. It's obviously very close to Alfatari as well, because that's obviously where their operations are very close to this place as well. So, yeah, like there's lots of been going on to obviously try and help the help matters as best as they could. So I'm glad that people were able to, I guess, redirect some of their attention and focus to try and help out in some of the surrounding areas. But for as for as long as they can, obviously, they, there's a short turnaround here between races, so you know can't they can't really linger. Yeah. But I've seen Sonoda has been uh, staying around and sort of being the voice of the F1 drivers, to be honest. If he's sort of the one that's sort of driving the force forward with all the helping out and actually sorting things out in terms of charity donations and stuff. Mm. Well, I believe he also still lives close to the area too. Yeah. Because obviously he relocated in his rookie season from the UK to Faenza, mm. uh, which I think has been a, a good move for his career. But I, I'm pretty sure he's still there. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, but I don't believe I, I, the, the, with the condensed calendar and such. I don't think it's going to reappear on the calendar, so I'm not expecting that. So 
having started out as a 20 the the uh 24 race calendar it looks for now if we were down to a 22 yeah i don't foresee that particularly changing so uh, that's so the twice they've tried to get it to be 24 i know <laughs> it's, it's failed both times what does this tell you to be the cali don't expand the calendar anymore it's just not it's just not fated to happen no the uh we'll have some calendar talk later actually but to be fair but yeah, I, in, instead, though, uh, F1 decided to run a few race replays over the weekend, the first of which being the, the entertaining 2005 San Marino Grand Prix. Um, it wasn't entertaining. Are you kidding? It was fantastic. There was nine overtakes, Graham. It wasn't, wasn't entertaining in the slightest. I'll, I'll make the counter against in a sec. Uh, they, on the Sunday, they also ran, for uh, in the build-up to the Monaco Grand Prix, they ran the uh, 2008 full race for the Monaco Grand Prix. Very inter- interesting is- manic race. Which is what my uh, evening is going to contain. Nah, uh, it's a good one. It's a good one for sure. Um, yes, it's one I've always wanted to watch properly. The 2005 San Marino Grand Prix, I, I think, was fantastic for a few reasons. Um, nice, it's nice, to, nice for a throwback for a start. Uh, I just like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, classic F1 season. Of course, we all know what happened. Uh, it was uh, Ferrari uh, for the, the downfall of Ferrari. It was a ch- it was a change of a guard in F1 in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. That's what that season represented. Obviously, Alonso's first title. Uh, the uh, would would you say the best Kimi Raikkonen season in terms of like at his peak? Because I actually rate his yes. 05 season better than his 07 season. I wouldn't put his 07 season that far up, to be honest. I, I would say the season with Lotus and the 05 is above it for me. Uh, 2012, or 13, yeah. uh, 2012 or 2013. I want to say the one where he got the stupid amount of points and ended up making the team go bankrupt. Uh, I can't remember which one that was. I, I, you know, I always forget which season he was better in. Yeah, I think it was 13 it was, one was the one yeah, that was I the better one. It's 13. It's the one where he won the first race. Yeah, that would be 13. Yeah. Yeah, but I actually, yeah, I actually rate this uh, the 05 Raikkonen higher than, than those two. That fair. was prime, Kimmy. Yeah, I think so as well. Um... Just didn't have the tools. Mm. Well, yeah, as this race exemplified, uh, where he conked out, he was he was he had torn away at the start, and then Alonso was kind of getting back into it, but and then obviously lap eight or so, lap nine. Um, while I, I love how you won't be able, you can like I remember that obviously I remember at the time, but you might be able to detect when you're watching it now uh, where ITV take the breaks. Ah. <laughs> because yes. they'll stop for a sec and then then the commentary will continue because they're still broadcasting to places who don't have ads during yes. the race and then they'll cut back then to yeah they have a James, I, was, I will say James Allen was quite good at it to be fair segueing in and out between the ITV ads but anyway um, yeah so it's weird because like naturally your first instinct like oh my god he's Kimmy Reichen he's slowing down but like you can't because they're just coming back from a break so you have to keep a lid on those things but Anyway, uh, yeah, he ended up going out. But obviously, the race, everyone remembers the race for the uh, Schumacher-Alonso duel. I have to, to be honest, watching that race in its full context, uh, how much do you remember, actually? From, there's a great ra- podcast from the race Nothing. on this as well. Nothing. So Schumacher qualified 13th, or, yeah, I think it's 13th. It was, an, it was the aggregate qualifying, the Saturday morning, sun, Saturday and then Sunday morning qualifying, where you take the aggregate at the two times. Okay. Uh, which was a pretty unpopular, I believe, uh uh, format because they're talking about how it kind of pulled away interest like you shouldn't have to wake up on Sunday morning or, or something like that to uh, for the second part of qualifying like people have things to do <laughs> uh, 
so Schumacher made a mistake. They had great pace. They've been shite up to this point for Ireland because Schumacher only two points as his defence for his championship, his seven-time championship. John Bullock. Two points for the first three races. The Ferrari did not look very good. Now, there's a great podcast on the race about Ferrari 2005 and again, just very recently and, like, and the, the podcast that the race did and then the Bring Back V10s talked about the, the recency was the floor change of the 2021 uh, that podcast was recorded in 2021, I believe, as well. It was it was released on the races YouTube. I recommend checking it out. Uh, it obviously like the Aston Martin and Mercedes uproar over the floor. If you remember, of course, Aston Martin mm -hmm. were uh, very, very, very vocal. We talked about this as well at the time. Um, of course, we did about how st um, threatening action, etc. Uh, Ferrari didn't do a single thing, despite the more blatantly, uh, more blatantly uh, changed rules to definitely cripple them. There was, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Um, anyway, they looked like they were finally about to find us some pace. Schumacher made a mistake, so he's well out of the order. He was 13th in that train at the start, the truly train. Uh, fueled extremely long, overcut into third. Yeah, overcut into third. Uh, went up behind Button, uh, couldn't overtake Button, and then Schumacher sent it into the Varianta. I think it's the Alta. Yeah, I saw the clip this morning. Mm, um, after Button was tr trying to negotiate, I think it was the Williams, the backmarker of the Williams, and Schumacher sent it. What a move, by the way. <laughs> oh, poor JB was mugged. Um, Pitt uh, was going rapidly. Like he was, if he had a better qualifying, he would have dominated that race. It was mad. Uh, got to the back of Alonso. You used it was a certainty would pass him. Like it was a, it really was watching the race. It was a matter of when rather than if. Um, yeah. It just didn't happen. The Renault was just so good on traction and had enough good straight line speed. Ferrari was so good on the brakes. It was clearly the only place it was going to get done, but just couldn't get close enough heading into a braking zone to get it done. And Alonso held on to win. And we all know that we all we've all seen the the highlights, the chicane kind of a complex where like uh, uh, Schumacher's right behind him. But yeah, it was a great incredible race. A great, again, the the race have done a great podcast on bringing, on Bree Back V10s. They uh, have Ted Kravitz in on that one and obviously Mark Hughes, who, by the way, I didn't realize this. Obviously, you hear James Allen and Martin Brundle in the commentary. Mark Hughes is in the commentary box <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what his role was, but I believe he was in contact with the the producer, etc. So it was Ted Kravitz, who revealed on the show there because there is a very infamous again, this is a lesser known thing, a very infamous ad break where on they had to take five ad breaks during a race. Which yeah. sounds mad. Five ad breaks. And because Schumacher Alonso was going down to the wire, they tried to delay it as long as possible. And they thought Schumacher was gonna overtake Alonso and then they could take the break. They had to take a break, which means which meant the People in the UK, in Ireland, missed watching lap 61 and 62, I think, of the 63-lap race. So when they cut back, Schumacher had begun his final lap. And you might be able to hear that in the commentary. Um, why has it gone silent at a time like this? No, it's just because they're coming back from an ad break, which a very, a very, very infamous ad break that took place. So there you go. Mm. Um, Ted Kravitz revealed that it was partly his fault, that he, that he, sh that he should have seen it coming. Um because he was he, he because he was one that he was give his like a thought like okay pay, maybe you should take one here uh, take an ad yeah. break here so he said it was partly his fault um, which he he got to reveal in that in that podcast but I, I fully recommend it it's it just adds a lovely bit of context to uh, one of what I would say is a, a classic F one race because it is mm. very much like and Mark Hughes would talk about it, and they talked about like how people saw Alonso at that time and um. 
like in a sense if there was like a passing of a torch kind of thing oh yeah definitely that was going on so and then you look and you look back at it even without context you look back at that race like that's a, that was a passing of the torch kind of moment mm. um pretty much like we had recently mm. yeah because I, I again I, I compared that like it was more so the 06 season, the season where Alonso beat Schumacher yeah. straight up in the fight, but obviously 05 was when he officially took the crown, but mm. that's always remembered for ending the Ferrari domination, and you could see, feel a similar way about Verstappen and versus Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I, I find parallels between those two, and those two eras, obviously, when Verstappen and Alonso, what they represent to that era. Uh, so, yeah, a fa- uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a fascinating race, but yeah, lots of... Um, it's just fun to watch a race from yesteryear. Uh, and you look at it, it's like, some things are better about F, much better about F1 now. Other things, maybe not as much. Not so much, yeah. Um, I still think refueling should be something that F1 considers. But I, I disagree. But, but I, I do... understand why you suggest why you want Yeah, that. my caveat with that is I do think that you need to have tyres that function, which the Michelins and Bridgestones were an interesting um, contrast. And you could make mm. stuff like that work. Whereas if the tires are shite, then refuel. Because you look at IndyCar, like the fuel load doesn't really matter. It is mostly about the tires. Yeah, it's literally one or two laps difference, unless you're well to position where you'll go long. Mm. Now there, like, definitely, like there, we did, we saw a large degree of fuel saving up. Um, was it Barber very, very, very yes. recently as well? So like, there is stuff like that like that involved. So it does affect races, which I do like. Uh, but like you do need to have functioning tires as well. So like it, it's not bringing back refueling We're not does not solve. This road. Yeah, look, it, they won't do it. <laughs> I think they should, but they won't do it. We're not, we're not giving them the, the attention they they don't deserve this <laughs> week. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't even going to bring that up. It was just yeah. We're not going there. I'm I'm decided. Um, the race was the 05 race. Like it was like a false. Like we talked about false dawns a lot last year with Mercedes. Mm. Uh, all of which were correct. I just want to, just want to yes. add. Uh, the Ferrari was also a false dawn because the tires, the Bridgestone tires, didn't. It was a, they were fundamentally flawed. Is that they couldn't? There's an op- certain operating window. They preferred cooler temperatures, and there was yeah. never a quick fix to this thing. So everyone thought the Ferrari were back because it was round four, and the Ferrari was so quick it should have dominated that race. And he would like Schumacher would have pissed away from Alonso had uh, had he managed to get by. Didn't happen, and yeah. Obviously, the Schumacher got his revenge, his revenge a year later, of course, and almost a, yeah. <laughs> a reverse situation, but it uh, didn't turn out to be the case. Ferrari, the only race Ferrari would win that year was obviously the fabled, uh, is f- the, uh, top, the topically, iconic. yeah, topic, topically, uh, topically, uh, topic race Accurate. of, uh, yes, that's the one, of uh, Indianapolis, of course, which is a wonder why that is. Mm, We'll get to that. I just thought that oh, I, rec- I really would recommend it. Hey, oops, shit. Uh, <laughs> I keep doing that, man. I keep smacking my hand off the mic. No, I, literally, you say this. I was voice noting you watching certain, a certain thing last night, and I dropped my phone onto my face. <laughs> yeah, that was I, brilliant. Wow, it's so it feels. Yeah, I feel so pissed off when that happens because, like, it's so silly, and you only have I've yourself never, to ever blame. Done it before, <laughs> ever done it before? I literally just dropped it and I just went bang. You can hear it on the on the recording. I was like, oh god. <laughs> It feels so silly afterwards. Um, fully recommend fully recommend watching the 05 Imola Grand Prix on F1's channel, and then I recommend watching the or listening to the podcast that the race did on their YouTube channel, um, Bring Back V10s on the race itself. Fully recommend. Um, it's great. It's good shit. Lots of good context from um, from yeah from uh, from an iconic F1 race. I would say. Yeah. Um, speaking of tracks, uh, there's a piece from the race. Uh, speaking of, and Scott Mitchell, ma'am. Uh, he, he did, who did a piece last year about 
I guess, the state of F1's calendar and present and future, I guess, possibilities. He did another one in the last week. I don't know if you got the chance to check this out, but we talked about the calendar some of this recently, so I thought it would be a good time to chat about it. Uh, well, I'll read a little bit from this so you can uh, get, some, uh, get some thoughts. Now, we know there's going to be some calendar dynamics going on because uh, Ramadan next year, I believe, takes place in March. And I think so. Everyone's still looking at how to tackle Bahrain, Saudi, uh, with those, and obviously Australia was fixed into that as well. So yes, uh, and then, just talk. Obviously, I think you're about to mention that Japan possibly, and yes. and Scottish Man mentions possibly even Singapore bringing Bahrain yes. to April. Yeah, which so, would be weird because I believe that's their rainy season. Mm. If not, is it not? Or am I thinking of? Where it is now is well, the rain. Uh, I could be wrong. Don't forget, uh, Southern Hemisphere would be um, what March? What would March be? Autumn? Yeah. So technically, yeah. I won't say yeah, but I'm probably wrong. Um, as, as Scott Mitchell mentions here, if the Chinese Grand Prix returns as is contractually planned, it would it would also be held around this time, most likely as a back to back with Suzuka. Yeah, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. So talking about new races. Obviously, we don't want to mention much about South Africa. We know that will happen at some stage. Um, South Africa, where Cape Town has also been linked with an F1 potential interest, is not the only country in the mix for an African F1 round, as Rwanda and Morocco have made contact too. That would be an interesting one to go to those two. Mm -hmm. And Morocco would make, I think, logistic sense. Because it's not a million miles away from Spain. No, it's literally just across the... Baltic Sea? No, the Med. Sorry, not the Baltic. I'm thinking of somewhere else. Baltic yeah, is like across... north, no? Yeah, it is. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know geography Baltic. very it's well. The... Literally across the Med. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the suggestion was that the promoter had the funding for one year but could not guarantee more than that. Is that Kyle Amy, um, for which Apparently the race fell down this year for commercial reasons. Yeah. So longer term options are in Madrid and South Korea. Yes, this is, of course, referring to the new potential Madrid street track, which would take over from Barcelona when that contract expires in 2026. Mm, spot on, uh, as uh, Scott Mitchell-Malm writes. The Spanish capital is believed to be extremely committed to making a street race a reality, most likely to take over the Spanish Grand Prix from Barcelona, which is a deal until the end of 2026. God, my memory is insane. Mm. Just say I never read the article. <laughs> the Madrid proposal is believed to be serious, and the Ephema event venue, Ephema, Ephema, uh, which is currently the first home of the new F1 exhibition, is location close to the Madrid airport and less than half an hour from the city centre by train. So, mm. to be fair, this Madrid thing has been a bit more serious of late. I think this could very possibly happen. We'll see what happens in this year's race and maybe next year's. Yeah, I was going to say, sort of, Take it with a pinch of salt now, but if this track alteration at Barcelona doesn't go down very well in terms of actual racing, then, uh, yeah, sort of expect a a Madrid announcement very soon. Mm. Because, look, they've been trying for a few years, haven't they, to improve racing here between the the, the change turn 10? Yeah. And, uh, obviously, we'll see see what happens with the, uh, the loss of the chicane. I feel like this may have come in the wrong year for this, though. If this happened last year, I think this may have been a better, <laughs> better thing. Yeah. But just given yeah, how... after listen to this podcast or any YouTube or anybody on Twitter for the last five years telling them to remove that chicane, <laughs> then uh, might have been able to save the race. But you know, 
Yeah, but given how the state of affairs is for racing currently in 2023 for F1, yeah, this... it's just not going to go down. It's going to—I think he's going to paint a picture that's very false. Yeah, and Freca were just there, and now I—it's hard to say. It, we didn't get a lot of sense for the overtaking because the TV direction and stuff were a shambles. But I'm—I'm uh, mm, I'm unsure how we'll go. We'll see. We'll see. I know those races can be a little bit nutty, so. When you're in the pack, yeah, and the fact that you've got more downfalls with these have one cars, I think. Mm. I was gonna say DRS train, but that these, these those cars are yeah. DRS. <laughs> uh, as for South Korea, proposed street track in Seoul is looking less likely because of the logistical difficulties of shutting down the capital. However, negotiations are going to hold a, uh, negotiations are going to hold a race for elsewhere in the country, which is keen to host F1, and that's been targeted by various F1 stakeholders as an opportunity to grow in the Southeast Asia, which is considered a key market. Busan, which is South Korea's second largest capital, second largest city, situated on the coast in the southeast of the country, is a likely target there. Why not just go back to Yong Yongnam? What I don't know how to say it, but that track's insane. Is that still in use though? I don't think it is. And I don't think it is. But yeah, it was a great track. Yeah, I agree. Speculation about races in Colombia and Vietnam is believed to be wide of the mark. A Colombian project has been proposed, but is not considered a serious medium-term option. I did mention this before anything sort of got dropped, so, you know. <laughs> well done. Um, oh, and uh, Mal, obviously, Mitchell Mam goes into then what we'll give in terms of, like, if something comes off, then what goes on. Um, so, despite claims to the contrary, this maximum number will certainly stay the, the same in the new commercial agreement from 2026 onwards. This is 24 races. So, for fears and speculation of 30 races, as Mikhail mentioned, that it they, they could if they wanted to um, not going to be the case so I'm glad that reason is going to at least for now it, yeah I, I expect it will look there's a great human pressure and toll that this takes on teams etc yeah. I, I, I don't think and the fact that adding sprint races and stuff is just getting too much teams will go on strike before a three race calendar happens it's just as simple as yeah. that yeah um, unless it's at the same venue we're having two races a weekend that's actually classed as an actual race right. then yeah the only time that's happening, that's the only way you get up to a 30 race calendar. Yeah. The only time, of course, as you mentioned, mentioned that it's just the 2020 season. Hmm. And 21, technically. Uh, so, China's, so, China's future is in doubt, Scott Mitchell Mount writes. There are still two years left on its contract, including 2024. It was previously a high priority race, and there were even expectations of a second Grand Prix in the country. Remember, we actually remember we talked about this. Where was that going to be? I don't know if they had the uh, location, but we definitely, I definitely remember talking about a second Chinese Grand Prix. Yeah, because there was a lot of hype about the Chinese Grand Prix coming back. Mm. Especially Finally. after Guan Yuzhou became the first Chinese driver to race in F1. However, the race is now considered vulnerable, which appears to be linked to the country's controversial response to the Russian invasion of Ukraine and allegations of human rights abuses, especially in Xinjiang. Yeah. Um, which F1, of course, is distancing itself from. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been to, F1's been to China. So, I guess, cause it's, because it has been away for so long, it, the loss of it wouldn't be as, maybe, severe. Yeah, I, I don't think people would care. Maybe not as much. Um, hard to say where China and the Asian market fully stand in F1's boom since Drive to Survive. Yeah. And obviously... Guan Yu Zhou in the mix here as well. Mm. So hard to say, but yeah, yeah so we'll see what happens with that. Elsewhere, the obvious place to start training down one or two races is, uh, or is, sorry, 
Elsewhere, the obvious place to start is trimming one of the two Italian races. Imla is said to be on the calendar as a warning to Monza to up its game, rather than a desire from Dominicali, who hails from Imola, to have two home Grand Prix. The gist, a logical conclusion would be that if the parties involved provide the necessary financial support to make the improvements F1 wants to see at Monza, it will stay on long term while Imola disappears. Yeah, which makes sense. Because I think there would be so much uproar if we love Monza. So much uproar. There would be. Um, but yeah, Not it, only from us, the Tifosi would lose their shit. <laughs> you can't you can you, you just can't not have an Italian Grand Prix. We've we've had yeah. we've not had Italian drivers, that's that's fine, but can't not have an Italian Grand Prix. Come on now. Um but it's interesting that the the aspect I'm interested in is like Imola is here to serve warning for Monza. That's interesting. Yeah. Um even though I think we all know that Imola's just dropping off the calendar eventually. Although they do they think that they're gonna get an extra year extension because of this year's missed race. No. So, um, I think Imola will drop off I actually think it's a shame that it's taking up a place at the expense of something else for the next three years two years it was nice for it to come back it was nice for it to come back but I think it's quickly it was circumstantial though but yeah it's very quickly become very mediocre yeah it's how it's do I, a shame how do I describe it it's it's the person that you like like it's like oh it's nice to see you again it's been a long time but then you chat more Best to that person, again. and it's like, ah, uh, it's you now. Now I know why I didn't really talk to you for a very long time. Yeah, you know, like the longer you're it's here, the the more that mm, I'm not particularly mad on you, even though it was nice to yeah. see you at the start. Mm. That was a poor analogy. Yeah. Uh, so you've been vocal of the idea of rotations. Yes, um, I think that's the only viable option, isn't it? Really. Hmm. So, on that note, um, Scott Mitchell Lamb writes, As it stands, the Belgian Grand Prix is in the same position, situation as one year ago. If, South Africa, if the South African Grand Prix comes off, then Spa will be dropped from the calendar. However, there is recognition within F1 that the organisers making a serious effort to improve the facilities at the track, even if the logistical limitations of the area are unavoidable. And it's true, we've seen built grandstands, we've seen gravel traps gone in, You know, we've seen tweaks to Rouge and Radion. You know. Grandstands, just updated safety aspects. It's even like fancy tired, like fancy lines with the Belgian flag going up Eau Rouge and Radio. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's quite an attractive proposition. It's to me, I, I, they're making the effort that it just sucks through in such a really poor area for accessibility. Mm-hmm. It really does, but they are they are trying, at least unlike Spain. Well, well, Spain are trying, are, but I don't think they're that asked at the same time. <laughs> One option longer term would be Belgium and the Netherlands to rotate their races, given their relative locality of the two and the shared Max Verstappen fan base. So, yeah, you've again you've mentioned this for a sense. long time. Yes, other European races are still in the picture, although with less clear outlooks. You really ready for this? The French mm-hmm. Grand Prix is not thought to be a likely returnee at least not imminently, due to the issues around Paul Ricard and a lack of alternatives considered suitable. Now, when they say the issues around well, Paul Ricard, is that yes. the same issues like locality-wise? Yes, so I had a friend that went to Paul Ricard in 2019, mm-hmm. I believe it was, and I think he queued for five hours to get in Ooh. and nearly missed the race. Yikes. Yeah, it was 
so poorly organized considering it's in the middle of nowhere yeah and like if that's the case then f1's never going but half pun intended ha 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 never going back to magni core yeah it's funny because it's the circuit to never is magni core this is it's not like there's an international racing track that's like well known in france that has major sporting events on all the time Mm. literally just had motor gp on last weekend and has also Uh, recently ran an f1 car and not in the first time ever not too long ago yeah it's we, weird isn't it I'm, I'm surprised that isn't really spoke about enough to be honest maybe maybe it's obviously we're talking about Le Mans maybe the reason is because it's, it just should be kept separate from F1 as it's it own it should but like the idea has not even been floated you know what I mean just not even looked into as a possible French Grand Prix like as a one-off like, I'd love like to see it see. like as a once, a once every five years thing yeah 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 and it gives yeah, it a yeah, real occasion, like Le Mans. Like everyone knows, everyone knows it's iconic. And you get a chance to race it once every five years. Yeah, that's something. Three, gear of that. yeah, that becomes maybe a, a new Monaco, so to speak, or something. Like it's and it's part it's like Le Mans, man. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's iconic. It's what that fascination. Would be the kind of race. Go on. I was gonna say what fascinating dynamic you'd have between setup wise, between straight line speed and a bit of downforce. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'd run the full problem on track. But saying that, you could. Because they could probably do it in two-minute laps. I mean, I, I maybe I, maybe not that much, because these no, cars aren't... Because probably the LMP1 cars are probably topping out, possibly even more now, top speed-wise. Oh, no, they, they, they piss all over everyone cars top speed-wise. Yeah. Piss all over us. And there's enough streets where I think there's a good shout at Le Mans cars probably still faster around that place than an F1 car. And they do it in what, like three thirties? What's LMP one? Yeah, uh, three. Uh, that would be would be sub four minutes, definitely. I know GT three cars yeah. go about four minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know if they do the full track. I think it'd like maybe be the actual Le Mans inner track, which is kind of boring. But they could sort of interlink it with the actual Le Mans track. They'd, they'd do something anyway, mm. and then they could possibly do the uh, MotoGP tie up that there was on about doing last year that they were sort of look that they were looking into because that place is fucking huge hmm. uh, lastly from this article Audi's incoming F1 entry for 2026 is likely to come with the revival of the German Grand Prix although this may be yes. dependent on the manufacturer underwriting the race in a similar manner to what Mercedes did in 2019 yes that would be we need the German Grand a Prix fantastic back. addition back and I'm Rock all here for it I'm back. I'm I'm down for swapping Emma out for Hockenheim. Hundred percent. Oh, give it to me. Hundred percent. I love me some Hockenheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freca are going there to Not end their season. The yeah. Did you check out any of the Nurburgring twenty four hours? Uh, I saw a massive crash on Twitter that basically ended Dats's interest in racing and twenty four hour racing. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's about it. So no. Oh, and there was constant um videos coming through of the uh, trucks and stuff on the track and pitch back which is great oh brilliant yeah so obviously everyone was running round and riot like that and people were just like well what do you want them to do mm. <laughs> where they're meant to go in the middle of the night there's nowhere for them to pull off to Oof. yeah so speaking ideally of- mm-hmm. for us both what happens because i know what happens in my head um Ideally, or so in actuality. Ideally, and then actuality. Okay, ideally, we lose Imola. Yep. Uh, ideally, 
we ideally Germany comes back. I think we both agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that's a straight swap, hundred percent. I think that taps into that German market that I think we kind of need. Mm-hmm. In terms of a, we've got the manufacturers there. It might entice a German driver to come back or come up or whatever. Um, it's a, it's just a good market. It's a good European race. It's a classic track. Mm. We all love it. Proved some great races over the years. Definitely should be back. Uh, I think after that, ideally, Belgium stays, ideally, and does yeah. not go through a rotation process. I agree. Uh, and I don't know what to do about Spain. I'm kind of torn. I'm on the fence. Yeah, because I actually wouldn't mind seeing that replaced uh, Kyle Amy replace that or there's some report in Moroccan uh, whatever if anything happens there yeah because I think that should go and then see what happens with Madrid test things out at Kyle Amy see what happens see what fan base he gets see what the racing's like and t- test that with Spain don't Belgium's just in a shit position because it didn't have the benefit that other tracks had having a long term future of secured what five six years ago yeah. And because of that, we've run into this situation where we are, where it's the one looking on the block um, for a bunch of different reasons. Um, not totally in its control. Some of it somewhat. But, um, yeah, that, that's that's me, that's my ideal situation. For me, they need to come up with a scheme, F1 this is, that basically locks in iconic tracks, and we basically call them the icon iconic tracks and they are forever backed by F1 no matter what they will not come off the calendar so you're talking let's go on Italy Silverstone Belgium you have to throw uh, Monaco in there Brazil Brazil Monaco oh Brazil it has to be for me Interlogos is a classic I think we've reached that point yeah it has to be on there's been so many iconic moments um that's fine. After that, I think that's. I you can leave it at that. I think that's five. fine. Then five. I think you lock in permanently. They do not drop off the calendar because a they're either a fan favorite, a track that's had some legendary races and it just goes down well with the drivers, or just doesn't have the funding itself to support itself. Mm-hmm. So five should no matter what just be there as guarantees. Then the rest sorts itself out. Uh, I personally put. Kota is a lock-in as well. Kota would be, because, I think Kota would be a future lock-in for sure. Yeah, as the guaranteed US race. And then, personally, I put Miami and Las Vegas on a rotation because yeah. I don't see the need for three US races. Mm-hmm. That frees up the slot for Kyle Army. Um, and that way we can keep Belgium. And then, I think, personally, we should at least try and Broaden into like the Denmark, Sweden type regions. Ah, we don't have a fascination that you mentioned this because I remember I don't have this article in front of me. It's on motorsport.com, but Valtteri Bottas is in talks with a, a, a I think I think it is a grade one finished Grand Prix track, or at least was planned yes. to be a grade one finished Grand Prix track that has kind of fell through. So he's in yes, talks with it was that. Meant to be on, it was meant to be on the GP calendar, I believe, hmm. and then it dropped off. So um, hmm. that would be an interesting one. Maybe what not for at least another ten years, but it should be at least a market that they, if they're going to Africa and on about going to more South American countries and 
up in the Asian market, then why are we not up up in the Scandinavian market? Because mm-hmm. there's plenty of F1 fans from there. There was some iconic drivers from that region. So to me, that's one that this should be on there. Um, and then probably, like you say, swap out Barcelona for Madrid. Give that a couple of years. Then if that doesn't work, go back. And, mm-hmm. But no more than 25 and no more than five sprint races. I'm sorry. We do not need more than five. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and they're spread out, not three of them in the last fucking five races. <laughs> I was looking at that again. It's, uh, what was it? It's, it's to do Brazil, Cota, and Qatar. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brazil and Cota, I'm down for, but Qatar, I don't, we don't need it that early on. That late on, sorry. Yeah, but it's I, also I, I one week before Kota as well. Yeah, I, I do personally think that Qatar and Abu Dhabi should be a doubleheader to end the season, and probably in terms of the calendar being re reshuffled because that seems to be a topic at the moment that it organisation of it seems to be coming into key again. So yeah, the the thing with I there is a somewhat delayed reaction to this because this was they and this was pretty transparent from the start as well. They were never going to get this location thing in oh, one no, or two seasons. Not. That's I know yeah. Russell was talking about this recently as well. That was completely unrealistic. We're, it's You're talking, you're dealing with promoters and countries and shit where there's things in place and et cetera. Like it, there's a monumental effort that goes into making a regionalized calendar. It does not, it is not the work of a moment. Um, no. It's extremely difficult. They don't want to change some of it as, as it is. So the, if they get that, on board in the next three years i think that's yeah like moving japan 2030 mm, net zero net zero by 2030 so they've got time as long as it's all not silly like it has been this year where we're going from miami back to europe to then go back to canada to me which i've always thought is bizarre obviously they're not going to move that round it's just silly mm-hmm. to do it quickly but it's one of the things that should be sorted out at least anyway yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with us. Uh, speaking of tracks, there was a new F1 grade uh, circuit that was opened in Hungary. Yeah, and this... I did. I saw an onboard lap of this on Iris. Mm. Oh, I actually haven't seen the onboard lap. How does it yes. look? Twisty. Mm. I want to say it's a mix of Hungary, Netherlands, and Spain. It's really <laughs> strange. What a fantastic so, recipe for racing, right? Yeah. So there's one massive fuck off street. <laughs> And lots of tight turns. <laughs> Three tracks but notoriously this... difficult for overtaking on. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you some information about this. It's the Balaton Park. Anti-clockwise, 16 turns, 4.1 kilometres, um, with a width of 12 to 15 metres. means it from racefans.net. Um, built to FIA's Grade 1 specification, a standard which will allow it to host F1 races, um, though operators have initially been applied for a Grade 2 license, so not coming immediately for the calendar. Um, 100 kilometers south of Budapest. Uh, the current Hungarian Grand Prix is contracted until at least 2027. Uh, Balaton Park features seating for 10,000 fans, potential to expand to 120,000. Three paddocks, 48 garages. Uh, operators intend to enhance the system by adding a four-star hotel with a view of the circuit next year and add a car uh, museum and other attractions. So, uh, apparently, yeah, four years of construction, £173 million. Does that seem low to you? Uh, for all that, yes. Right? 
Yeah. But saying that, it's only a bit of rubble. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, Giancarlo Fisichella uh, was among the first to drive it, and he said, I was impressed by its characteristics. The track really has it all. A thrilling blend of high-speed corners, challenging hairpins, and cool chicanes. It's a track that flows nicely, gives, gives you, giving you a great racing feeling. First corner at the end of the backstretch, a prime spot of overtaking. And my, my favourite line is the last line of this article, which I know is the one I drew you to as well. Um, the circuit, and I didn't realise this uh, until I read this um, during the week. The circuit's president is Chanuk Nassani, uh, who made which a one-off all, the- appearance in practice for Minardi 2005 Hungarian Grand Prix. His son Roy races in Formula 2. Yes, I was just about to say <laughs> the podcast favourite, Roy Nassani's dad. Uh, brilliant. So we know he's got plenty of money then in this case. Yeah. He's, he's just basically going to create Nassani's own series and just race around that all the time. Well, if he's... I got oh, what, Thank you so much for giving me a fantastic segue, segue. Because if it's not that, there's another project he could look to get involved with, which former Alpine oh, team principal yeah. Marcin Budkowski has been linked with. Have you seen this? I'm guessing you have. Yes, I've seen this. I'm a big fan no, of this. Um, Bukowski no about is... about A1 Grand Prix grade. How dare you? How fucking dare it you? It was shit. It was not shit. It was. Stop it. Did you watch it live at the time it happened? No, I didn't, because it was awful. <laughs> you didn't? Uh, no. <laughs> Lies. Um, <laughs> because... Just because it's racing doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> fucking A1 Grand Prix. <laughs> How do you go from being a team principal at a top 5 F1 team uh, to then, oh, I might bring back the A1 Grand Prix. Go away. Get uh, in the bin. So Get the hole. It's part of an attempted effort to revive the A1 GP series. A championship that ran from 2005 to 2009 with teams representing nations from across the world. Uh, some of these had interesting liveries. Uh, the one I remember this mostly for France is domination with Nicolas Lapierre who I think still races. Probably does. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg famously took play, took part in this as well in the inaugural series. I think, did he win? I think he may have won this. That's not hard. Well, come on. Well, you say it's not hard. I think Ireland won the last season in 2009 with, oh, Adam, with Adam Carroll. So, yeah. yeah that says it all, doesn't it? fell through. Um, that says it fucking all. Um, uh, so Bukowski's leading this project with the financial support from backers including Sir Keith Mills who led London's successful host or bid, ho- bid to host the 2012 Olympics so Yay. reports suggest each national team would run two drivers from their respective countries one experienced driver one younger driver less experienced um, the, envisioned, in the envisioned schedule of the championship would run between the end of the F1 season to July so it'd be nice to have a bit of something to have in between I don't know uh, yeah. Formula E, yay! I'm I'm you, sorry, you don't mean that. Uh, no, of all people, that's to say yay. <laughs> you cannot say that. No, sorry. Like uh, after after <laughs> what shit you try and get me and Matt to watch. <laughs> Look, Matt, it's a it's a running joke with Matt because I know how much he, he how much he hates it. You, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm disappointed more by you because you like genuine racing, and that that's what Formula E has been. Yeah, but I, I don't tune into it live. I just watch it when I can. Okay, that's, fi- I, that's if, fine. If I've got nothing to watch. But, like, I, <laughs> it was more so in response to your, I think, I suppose it's sarcasm, because I know you're not the biggest fan of the world, even still. 
Oh God. Um I, I don't know what I don't know what's got your panties in the twist about this. I, I really liked A one. Maybe I'm no. look for, I will, I need to go back and watch it to be fair. I I need I will try and find it and see because it's very possible I'm looking at this as rose tinted glasses, I fully admit. I have fond memories of watching oh, Jordan King for England. <laughs> oh god. I do think no. this I do think this opens up a, a lot of potentially exciting exciting drives for people who aren't gonna cut a indie F one or Formula E. Who we like? Oh, fucking touring cars, Graham. I hope not. I hope it it becomes a feeder. But, oh, here's Jason Plato. No. <laughs> <laughs> not not nothing against Jason Plato because I love him, but my God, <laughs> you That's think the caliber of driver you? You think get. it's going to be like for for gentlemen, so to speak, in their fifties? Yeah, and... elderly gentlemen. It, oh, Nissan Nissan will probably enter him and his son as an upcoming driver. <laughs> oh, twenty eight. Pippin Khaled Al Kabasi is going to be in. <laughs> Stuff oh. of Van Dorn will want a title. Gilles de Ferran's coming back, folks. Yeah. Here we go. Here we fucking go. Oh, wow. Esteban Gutierrez, Mexico. Here we go. Come on. There'll be, there'll be, nice, there'll be some nice throwbacks. Nick Heidfeld, perhaps. Come on. There'll be some oh, nice throwbacks. Robert, Schwar- Robert Schwartzman's in for a right treat here. Are you mad? You have to go into the Team Israel or something. He's never getting into the Russian seat as things currently are. No, it'd be, it'd be him and Nasani. Oh, yeah, there would there would be like that's what I'm saying. Do this, give us something, no. Chanok Nasani. I'd, I'd, I'd rather him do nothing. <laughs> oh God, I don't so know. If, I don't know. If, <laughs> uh, as a project, maybe I'll try and see if I can watch it and, and see if it was as good as I remember it. They had a weird medal system as well for the points. It was exactly. A, look, it, it could do with some tweaking. It was perhaps. a game, right? I don't know if there was a game. I, I want to say there was a game on PS2 or PS1. I want to say there no, was. It couldn't have been couldn't P- PS1 a little, little early for us. But I'll, I'll go look it up and see if it's as bad as you think it is or if it's as good as I remember. Possibly not. It was, but it was probably terrible. Uh, I'm gonna get ready, man. I'm going to send you full race links if I find them. <laughs> yeah, and they will not be getting washed. <laughs> they will be getting ignored and you'll be getting put on mute. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, right. Well, that's there's that. Um, I'm glad I mentioned that. Anyways, uh, there was some racing action over the weekend. We'll get to the main one in a sec. But there was some from the regional European and Alpine there at Spain. Um, I normally wouldn't. Under the I wouldn't. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I don't know what the hell happened this weekend. I wouldn't normally mention. I, I wanted to mention the first round at Imola, but on a weekend where there would have been F two and F one, I wouldn't have mentioned this. But we're in the deep in the bag here, so we may as well. Um, my only real takeaways from this, it, it, I, you say it was it was not fun. Um, I don't know what, it was amateur hour. Like, the graphics were different. The camera work was shoddy. I don't know, poor old um, George Morgan. I, I, I feel for a man. He had to work with absolute shit in terms of uh, what pictures he was given and, and the such. It was, it was honestly awful. Um, so my only real takeaways is that Tim Tramnett and Kimi Antonelli are the standouts of this field. Yes, I saw that Antonelli did couldn't win the race. He did have pole for race one and lost at the Tramnets. He had a really good pole. Like, it was so good for race one. Um, the uh, Antonelli's pole, fantastic stuff. Um, but Tramnets beat him off the line, and yeah, Antonelli. I think was gearing for a late race. Both races, I think he was gearing for a late race overtake. But um, he made a mistake in race two, coming out of turn eight or turn nine. And a safety car thwarted the chance for him to do anything in race one. So Tramlitz won both of them. Of course, Tramlitz just coming off a Formula E test uh, since the last. Uh, he's probably. Where's he from? 
Um, oh, I think he's Swiss. Let me double check that. Um, but he was in the. How old? Uh, let me tell you now. Let's look. Uh, oh, he's German, as it turns out. There we go. There's the German Grand Prix coming back. <laughs> confirmed. Uh, he turns 19 in November. Okay. So not part of an academy. Program? Nope, okay. not part of academy so far. Anyways, Ferrari, um, <laughs> Mercedes, maybe. Uh, so, Audi. oh, that'd be maybe. nice. Yeah, no, that would work. that would that would make sense. So he won both races. He obviously did. He he had a good showing in Imola. I think he may have been crashed out of um, in Imola. Won the races. Then immediately went off the next day, I believe, to the rookie test in Berlin for uh, Apt, which is. Not one of the better teams to, uh, to test for in Formula E, but regardless, he was still, it was notable he was there because, like, you had like Drogovic, Martins, uh, Schwartzman, like, it's a stacked rookie test, as we know. And to have a Formula Regional guy there was no, was yeah. noteworthy, like, we, we said at the time, that's noteworthy. So, yeah, he has got talent. So, he won both races, he's four points ahead of Antonelli. He had, I think it was a good weekend for Antonelli, two second places, but helped make up some ground after. The, the electric or the issues he had in race two where he couldn't take the race at all and had the, had the qualifying issues so completely I was mm-hmm. I, I was uh, I was hands for race two after obviously I think he finished second in race one as well so he's had a bunch of seconds so far so Tramless 58 Antony 54 has of course I think was leading this race or this, this uh, championship uh, Stenshorn had slid back a little bit this week so but yeah Tramless and Antony I think they're like Havacor I think and Stenshorn are good drivers as well Martinius what first name by the way Martinius Stenshorn. Brilliant. Love it. Um, but yeah, I think those, there's a big gap between the rest, between uh, Rafael Kamara, Ferrari Jr. is good. And I, I do like Santiago Ramos as well, but yeah, Travis and Antony, they're stars of the show this weekend. And yeah, I think they're going to be, well, obviously we know Antony's one to watch. Like I I still, again, I just watch him in qualifying. I just, again, like I just looked at him and was like, I think he won, I think it was on pole like three tenths or something, which is a pretty flipping big deal in Freca. And yeah, it's like and he's going to calls. That's, that's mm. insane. And it's like he's going to be in Formula One at some stage. That like it's going to happen. Yeah, there's no way he doesn't. Like unless he flops when he gets to F two. Yeah, he will. It's so weird. Like I've, I just, I just haven't had like, I watched the Clerks F two season. It's like, well, this guy's going to be an absolute star. Like, yeah, I haven't had this surety of a driver. And he's it's Italian, right? Uh, Antonelli, yeah. I believe yeah. so. What a Ferrari. Why have you let this one slip through the net? I mean, to be fair, like, for say he's on this one early. Like, it's, he's been with them for well, two years now. Yeah, but why are you back in Jiva fucking Nancy? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's all I have to say about Freca. It was uh, who knows what the racing was like. It, we, we, what, we got to, what we got to see of it was uh, very little. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, let's go on to the main event, which was Indy. F- uh, f- oh, jeez. What's the name they give this? What? This weekend. It's Indy Quality. Is that, like, there's Fast Friday, right? Yeah, there's Fast Friday. Yeah. And that, that, Is there a name for the Saturday? Saturday? <laughs> What's the Sunday? Oh, no. Sunday Shootout? It should be Sunday Shootout. It technically should Sounds be, like yeah. a football thing, though. It's a typical American. Anyways. Life, yeah. uh, we both were both kind of away from different parts of the weekend. I caught most of Saturday's proceeding... Uh, I caught everyone up to Eilat mm. on the first run. That was it. Then I went out. So. so what was immediately clear from the Saturday was that the Ganassis and the McLarens looked great. 
Yeah, as always. uh, Yeah. Um, This season, anyway. hmm. The Penske's weren't looking as hot. They did get one car through to the Fast 12 and Power. Yeah. Which I think was a little fortunate, but... The thing is with them, I think they go for race setups rather than quality setups. They're not bothered about the glory in qualifying. See, I don't know how much of this is locked in beforehand because I know Eilat had to change his chassis, which was probably the thing that saved him, to be fair. Yeah. Um, But they did that early. They committed to that early. Uh, which is a shame for Eilat in, in, in some ways as well. But Bear in mind, they have seven practice sessions for this. Yeah. Well, seven. some of these were delayed as well because of rain. Seven for to drive in a circle. Seven. <laughs> we've, we've, come on, we both know it's not as easy yeah, as that. I know. But... <laughs> I know. Uh, so, yeah, Penske's were looking average at best, kind of mediocre. Andretti's were looking kind of mediocre as well. Yeah, the, yeah, the oval. Yeah, the oval merchants around as well, so... Uh, yeah, Ed Carpenter. Ed Carpenter making his, making his special one special appearance of the season, <laughs> getting the bin. Um, Obviously, Tony Canal is in the fourth McLaren. Yes, yes, did um, well. Connor Daly sort of being okay for a change because it's an oval. Mm-hmm. The ones, had, the ones well, that are in the shitter really were mostly the um, the Raymond, the Ray Lettman, Lanigans. It was all of them in Stingray Rob, right? Which you can understand with Stingray Rob. It's his first time and he's not in a good team. Yeah. Dale Dale Coyne weren't great either. Malukas is on the edge, which is a shame, a shock in the sense, because the last over race of the season, like, he was in the hunt for the win. Yeah. Just couldn't get it right, I guess. Uh, So, yeah, just have to get it right. You lock in these things early for for IndyCar. If you're not feeling comfortable on Saturday, you're screwed. Yeah, basically. Uh, To do... So that happened. Was there any major shock of a car that we didn't get through to the Fast 12? Uh, Not really. On the Saturday. I think the surprise... Will Power getting in was a surprise, I thought. Yeah, it was. I was surprised that New Garden wasn't the Penske to get right. in. Right. If any if any of the Penske's were getting in, I would have not put Will Power in that mix. Yeah, he's never gone well at ovals. But saying that, he's started second twice, I believe. Was one of the stats. I was very happy to see Catherine Legge qualify. She, no, she just got and in, qualify, yeah. And I'll qualify all of her, Raymond, Rahul Lam and Ladding. And she's the only one that got in, right? Or, sorry, yeah. sorry, I said got in. There wasn't in the... Into the top Elimination, 30, yeah. Yeah. Which is insane, which is embarrassing for them. Absolutely embarrassing. Oh, the shambles. First time she's, she's raced all year, and it's the biggest event of the year, and she out-qualifies all three of them. It's a shambles organisation for that team that weekend. Just this yeah. week, just, ooh, really bad. Like Lungard was obviously very close to the edge here as well. Uh, to do so, where that leaves us then for stay a play on Saturday. You had the fast twelve, which I missed uh, to get into the fast six. So you didn't miss much with that. Did I not? No, it was literally the big guns went last, and they basically toppled everyone else down. That was literally it. It was Rose and Chris Palo. Um, Dixon and Pato basically just doing what they do and of course VK mm-hmm. just yeah just pointing all the Takuma Sato Kanan Rossi kind of got shafted oh did he by being he was the second McLaren to go out I believe it was no he was the third McLaren and then he just didn't get the run together and sort of put himself on the bubble and then Felix was the last car to go out and then yeah yeah he yeah, even the pace there all time. weekend who seemed a bit pissed off on the radio afterwards. But, oh well, he's still in a decent position. He's still inside the top 12. I think he's seventh. 
uh, the show for the last position in the end was a, ended up being super fun with uh, Jack, Honestly. Ha- Jack Harvey uh, knocking out uh, Graham uh, Rahal at the end there. Insane, because basically what happens is it's the three drivers who are placed 31st, 32nd, and 33rd are safe. And then the 34th guy, if you, you can do one lap, and then if you choose to go out again, that lap gets eliminated, and whatever run you do after that is what you take, and then vice versa. If you go out again, it gets written off. Mm-hmm. He went out, did his first run, was pretty bad. And I mean pretty bad. It was like six miles an hour off the fastest time we saw all weekend, which is really, really bad. Was this a Harvey? Yeah. Yeah, he was shifting down was like, to fifth through some they, of the corners. Yeah, no, they all do. You have to. Do they all? I thought they all. I thought yeah, some of them carried just, it through. Just, no, it's to maintain the revs. Because oh, okay. otherwise it dips. Yeah, it's to, just to maintain revs. Um, so he was like 228, and then he went out to call the car down, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I know, right? It was which, like 170 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, which then wrote off his first run. And then so he went out again with nine minutes left, tried, didn't do it. And then he was like coming into the pits. I'm like, I want to go again. And they were like, Yeah, let's do it. They nailed that. Board. He literally got through by fourth, I think it was four thousandths of a second. Oh, I think it's, it's not even, I think it's of a mile. Yeah. That's it's, the it's, thing. It's insane how close it was to knock out his teammate, who is the son of the team. I know. <laughs> Dude. And he's meant to be the star driver of the team where he's literally been slapped by Lungard since Lungard came in. But, you uh, know. Has it always been like that? Like where one car is the one that gets eliminated and doesn't, doesn't when make it? When there's more than 33 entries. Okay, because yes. I was like... Because Alonso was obviously the last time this happened. Yeah, I was just thinking... I think Rahal actually was on the knocked him out. Yeah, it's bumped... Uh, no, it's... Um, it was uh, some guy for driving for Honkos, Harlinger, at the time. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, they played play the clip of it and you'd see Alonso's face. Yeah, that was, that was rough. McLaren entered into the Indy 500. Yeah, they know a lot better now what to do, to be fair. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Another example of Alonso being at the right place at the wrong time. Yeah, basically. Literally. Uh, that was insane. I didn't expect Harvey to do that because the first run was marginally off and they can call off a run if they think it's not going to plan. Yeah. That's the crazy Sometimes thing. It's better to do that, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think he'd actually get through. And, they, and he gave Rahal no chance. Absolutely none. No, literally, he went out with two minutes left and it takes like three minutes to do a, a fallout run. So Rahal literally had no time to respond. Yeah, and that was it. Um, the penny eventually dropped as he was just talking about afterwards. The tears came. I I would be gutted, to be fair. Um I th- I did think I Harvey had earned a right to celebrate a bit more, but I think because of those his teammate and obviously the, the the boss's son. If it wasn't the boss's son, then I think you would have. He should have gone nuts. Cared. I, what I would have done, I'd have gone so into his I. face and sort of like been yes. Because here, here's the thing: when it comes down to it, like I know we've had some hair raising, we look at some hair raising laps in F1, but there's a similar level of that and lap a make or break lap around Indy carries. And it does. Do you know what? Like, it, really it was weird. Does. For some reason, I felt it more. I don't know what the connection is here. I felt it more when I, I watched Eilat. When I watched Eilat, mm-hmm. I was like, just for some reason, the psychological element, I was think I was so much more aware of what. I know Eilat has struggled with this himself when it comes to the ovals. But, and he talked about the, psych- the mental aspect of it afterwards as well. But I don't know what it was. Like, there is something truly terrifying 
about watching it. They're doing nearly 240 miles an hour, and literally anything to stop them is concrete. It's crazy. It's, uh, one mistake, and you're going to get hurt, unless you're very lucky. Well, or to be fair, was it Canapino? Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. The Argentinian uh, who hit the wall and broke a rod at the back somehow managed to save it from wrecking. Somehow managed to keep it together. Whew. That was, uh, that was mad. Anyway, then Fast 6 came. Um, we saw two average laps at the start between uh, Dixon and Award. Thankfully, Award came on yeah. top. And, yeah. that, and then it just... And the floodgates opened. Oh, and boy, did they open. Now, we know a good... Like, here's the thing. I, we're coming nearer to this, obviously, than a lot of people, uh, than some people are. But to be fair, we're not big fans of Scott Dixon, you might say. But no. it was hard to fault that when he did the 234 average four lap last year, that was like, holy shit, that's nuts. And that's it was nuts. the fastest the, ever. Yeah, the fastest ever quality time mm-hmm. in Indy. Uh, then we see Alex Pelot complete his first lap. And it's two, a 235. Three, and you're thinking, holy shit. This and it was. I, I was voice messaging you as it happened, and I like. Yeah, I, I was st- trying to like delay myself from listening to him because I was slightly behind. I yeah, like, I, I try to keep that in mind as well. Um, but holy shit, that was crazy! Like when we saw it again with uh, who was a VK went out afterwards, and I was like, just watching those laps was like, oh, holy shit! It this is, is rare insane. to see someone do two, three, five. Rossi was saying this. He was like, never in my life did I did I think someone would hit two three five as an average never they, they tell you how fast they were going it's incredible like two three four is like the limit of an average across the lap the fact that two people did it on a two three five is mental and they were back-to-back runs it was incredible it was insane yeah it was absolutely mad uh poor like what was it it was so close vk was so close it was like seven thousands of a mile an hour or something like that yeah it was Ooh. like he apollo was Point zero one nine. I think VK was like point zero one eleven. The last one that came out that had an actual chance was the pace there that was for the entire weekend, which was Felix Rosenquist. I what like to be fair, I thought he didn't because he didn't do a two thirty five on lap one, and it wasn't even a high two thirty four. It was like two thirty four point six. Yeah, it? It was, and I was like, ooh, and you could see you could, you could even see like I thought Pelosi had to burst into tears for a sec on the side because. I think he part. I thought. I think part of him knew was like. I think I've done it because I think yeah. he thought the worst was over, and then Rose was putting in another two thirty four, and it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, because Palo did the big first lap and then the tires dropped off. Mm-hmm. Whereas Felix sort of maintained the average all the way through, and it, there wasn't much drop off compared, and he, he banged it on double to another two three four at the end. He dropped down to a 233 and then went back up to a 234, which was mental. I didn't see anyone improve on the last lap. Insane. It was mad. But wasn't he enough. ended up P3. And uh, on the front row, but Alex Pelot then took a, yeah, takes a takes pole position or the... Yeah, I don't know what pole position means. They're all I, row, I, I think we need to have a conversation about Alex Pelot on a break week. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. We do. Mm. Well, do you want to, yeah, think, want to see what happens next <laughs> next week? And yeah, yeah. Based on how this season is going for him, after a very mediocre last season, apart from where he absolutely dominated <laughs> the, the very end, yeah, like thirty seconds, like forty seconds, yeah, <laughs> and that's including a late safety car, which is <laughs> I don't know what happened there. 
Yeah, mum was on crack that weekend, I swear. Does he still want to move to McLaren, you reckon? He's done. I, I guess oh, he doesn't have a choice, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's, going, he's going to McLaren. That's, that's it. Yeah. There's no, no two ways about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, if it wasn't this year, it was, it's next year. This is why I think the the upturning form for Felix is sort of coming bad for them, and this is why Zach sort of said, "Oh, we're going to run a fourth car anyway," because <laughs> mm. they don't want to lose Felix either now. So, and Felix clearly doesn't want to go to Formula E. I don't blame him. Yeah, that was a very real possibility, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he would have got picked up by another IndyCar team. I'm pretty positive. Probably. Yeah, Jack Harvey would have been out of there. He's up. He might already be actually there. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. <laughs> Uh, which is not going to so yeah I think we're we're set for a fascinating race it's going to be so much fun I I think we, we were I, we, our main thing was like as long as it's not Dixon on pole or oh I wouldn't geez, mind it we, if it was Dixon do we need to talk about this was, yeah we do <laughs> I wouldn't mind it if it was Dixon if he did done a 2 3 5 and I'm like alright fair play yeah fair enough can't, can't, can't fault it when you've absolutely smashed it but yeah the one that sort of really made me worry... We were worried. Was, ...was when, of all people, Santino fucking Ferrucci decides to turn up out with a fucking blue because man goes stupidly well at Indianapolis for some reason. He's never finished outside the top ten, even though he's always starred outside the top ten whenever he's entered. Mm-hmm. He's... Oh. Set. It was the quickest time in the Fast 12 for at least... Nine out of the twelve runs, and it was literally out of nowhere for a back market team and AJ Ford racing in a full American livery car, typical like in your face. <laughs> and he was buzzing because it's like it's a fair play to him. He he sent it, and it was balls to the wall run in the fast twelve. So I I was worried, but he starts what fifth, sixth? Yeah, I think he's on the second row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're there. I think we're about to have a very serious conversation, and we might still, if somehow, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have that conversation. I think. Yeah, it ends up winning. <laughs> yeah, so like the the conversation was uh, of all like of all drivers to I guess move on from F two that not the clerk, not Russell, not Norris, not anyone like that the biggest racing achievement out of any F2 driver would be Santino Ferrucci winning the Indy 500. So Technically, like, Marcus Ericsson. Um, well, I mean, like, yeah, like, I it guess... It was GP2. Yeah, I guess F2 yeah, as, it is, as it is now. Yeah, yes, which is insane. That would be a... Technically, a technically Santino Ferrucci is better than Charles Leclerc and George Russell. Yeah. Because like I literally, I nobody has no leg to stand. Yeah, because that, that single achievement. I tried to argue that the Italian Grand Prix for a Ferrari driver winning in 2019 was it's up close, there. but it's not. But a single as a single event, the greatest achievement would be out of everyone who's, who's graduated from F2 as it currently is since 2017, would be Ferrucci winning the fight the Indy 500. That would that's it. There's. There's no like I said, there's no the leg to stand crown. on. It is part of the triple crown. It is one of the three, four biggest races in the entirety of motorsport. And if Santino fucking Ferrucci is on top of that, then until Leclerc or Russell or Norris or any of those win a world championship in F one, 
then or the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, no, but I, even then, I still put the Indy 500 above yes, it. So would I. Depending on so the circumstance, of course, of the yeah. said Monaco Grand Prix. When Unless we... it laps everyone by three. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But otherwise, like that's it. Like, so hopefully we don't have to come this time next week on the podcast. And if it does, there will be no podcast <laughs> in protest. Yeah. Like this is a guy who. Intentionally... I'm not spending my birthday talking about fucking Santino <laughs> Ferrucci winning the Indy 500. I'm this, sorry. This is a guy who was a Haas junior who intentionally hit another driver after the checkered flag in Silverstone 2018. Yes, um, that was it. Basically got himself, I was blacklisted, I would say, from that moment from onwards. Europe, yeah, basically, you can't race in Europe anymore, mate. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and that's it. Like, so... Yeah, there's a there's a there's a scary discussion to be had if in that case, but we'll see. Uh, very excited for this time next week. We get to talk talk about it. It's going to be an absolutely. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this this race. Yeah, and the fact we've got Monaco Grand Prix at two, yes, and then the, the Indy Five Hundred is at four. Literally, the perfect birthday for me. Oh, literally spot on. It's it's I'm I'm pulling out all stops that day. It's gonna there's gonna be pep. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm, drinks, snacks. Nothing. I'm not moving out of this room. I can't wait. Should I wear? I, oh, I was gonna say I'm gonna wear a suit or something. <laughs> no. Don't watch a fucking race. I'm <laughs> it's a, sorry. It's a special occasion. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez. Uh, How has this been an hour already? <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't embellished our asses off for good reason. To be fair, um, we haven't even done the Monaco Grand Prix preview yet. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. So. The big look. The big question for this one is the talking point for this one is teams that were going to be having upgrades on the car in Imola. Um, which ones are going to choose to ro- just put them on the car regardless? Which one's going to wait till Spain? We know Mercedes are going to put the upgrades on the car here. Ferrari delaying theirs. Yeah. To Spain. I don't know what Alfa Romeo are going to do. I don't know what other teams are going to do. But we know certainly we know Mercedes are definitely still putting their upgrade on. So. Look, we asked some of these questions as a, as a beforehand anyway, but like, here's the thing. This Monaco Grand Prix always boils down to chance. This is the best chance for anyone other than Red Bull to win a race. So it's going to come yeah. down to Alonso. It's going to come down to Charlie Leclerc. Can they nab a front row start or pole position? This is their best chance so far before a race actually transpires, so to speak, to win a race. It's, it has to be this one. And based on the traction of those two cars, I'm going to say yes. I think it will be Leclerc. I think he'd be the one that's going to do it. And we've. And I think the curse is going to be lifted. Yeah, and we've seen precedents for this in like not just in years past, where obviously he did it in 2021, where quite a significantly slower car than the Mercedes and Red Bulls of that year. Uh, we mm-hmm. he did it in 22, of course, and again a much closer gap, of course, between. Yeah, you could but... argue again. You could argue that Ferrari was still the faster car at that point. There's a there's a mm-hmm. debate to be had there. So, um, most recently, of course, we just saw Leclerc do it in 2023 in Baku. It can be yeah. done. And a track that wouldn't play to as many of the strengths that this track should for Ferrari yeah, so, and Leclerc. So, the only thing that Leclerc has to do, which he didn't do in Miami, of course, is keep it out of the wall. Yeah. He's... Obviously, a front wing here and there, fine, whatever that happens. Well, but... teams ring a lot, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that you expect that. Mm-hmm. Just, just don't pile drive it into the wall and break your gearbox. Not unless not you're on pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 
there's look, I there's great potential here. I don't know. I don't. I'm not quite as confident for Alonso in qualifying as it would be Leclerc. No, no. race pace, hundred percent qualifying now. So we'll see what can be done with that. Maybe they'll go like I assume everyone will go soft to staff regardless, just to protect. You cannot lose track position here. Mm. Cannot be done, yeah. especially at the front. That'll have to be done. It would be an interesting case for if the Red Bulls get stuck in the pack a bit. Maybe they go for a set of mediums if they think that their best chance is made to overcut everyone. The overcut works around here. Yeah. Always has done. Vettel showed that a few years ago. So we'll see. In 2021. Well. Mm. Uh, and we saw, look, we saw the overcut work um, a bit controversially somewhat in, in 2017 when it was Vettel and Raikkonen. Yeah. Still don't like how Ferrari did that, but at last they they it was always we, we knew what they wanted to do. So anyway, uh, one of the questions, pressing questions, do you have heading into this weekend? Do you think? Well, actually, before we just to catch that thought, uh, one person I'm sure that was I don't want to say glad the Imola race was cancelled, but certainly took of some of the heat off of him that would have been present on the Thursday was Nick De Vries. Yeah, I imagine he might face still face some of these questions, but I think given the events of certain. Given the nature of certain events, maybe this might not be the most pressing question. So he may, he may uh, avoid some of these. But yeah, because I remember even listening to the races podcast before the race was cancelled, and they were like, "He is going to get flamed on the Thursday media session." Yeah, they were absolutely convinced. So I wonder if that still takes place. May probably I think not. It does. I think, I think it does. I think he'll get some, but not nearly as many. Just a for the. Given that he's with Avatari and you know the the nature of things yeah, that happened in in Imola, and I think I think because some time has passed, I think some of that pressing nature of that question will disappear. It will still be asked, but maybe not. He won't be grilled. I don't think. Let's 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 predict something now. Actually, how many times is he going to crash? I'll give him one. Three. <laughs> uh, how many did the Haas team rack up in 2021? Could not tell you. Because I think Schumacher did it twice. Did Mazepin crash? I don't think. I don't think he did. He had either had one. He had less than Schumacher for sure. And if he had less, uh, he, uh, if he had one, then Schumacher definitely had two. He may have kept it clean actually. Now that I think about it. Anyway, I'll I'll give him one. I'll give him one. Uh, other thoughts on this um, on this Monaco Grand Prix? Who's who's a this is a good opportunity to do something mm-hmm. here for? Will Valdry Bottas turn up? He says he's got more years left in them. He, he, no. he spoke with F uh, with uh, the F the Beyond the Grid podcast and talked about this. So we'll see. Well, here's the thing: he might want to. We're going to have to find out where Audi's loyalties lie here. Not with him, because this is the again we talked about dynamics with new team principals and existing drivers there's a completely different dynamic even at play here with uh alfa romeo and and audi here it's completely different this like it's not it's not just that sideless calling the shots there that's one thing it's the mm. fact that it's now audi as a whole drivers from a previous not just team principal but flipping ownership as well yeah so that's gonna be interesting well so he might not get a choice in the matter um but let's see him do something relevant He's he's gone well in parts in this track and other tra- other times he's been. To be fair, like in the Williams years, this was a horrendous track for them. Uh, yeah, it's always been bad. So, but he has gone well here. Like famously, he was better of him than Hamilton in twenty twenty one. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and then, uh, before the world's longest pit stop occurred. 
I'd be interested to see if an Alpine can gain some track position in the qualifying, if it can happen. Mm. Yeah. So we'll see. I guess I guess we're going to learn a lot about some of the characteristics of certain cars uh, at low speed. This is going to be as good a test as any to see where the land lies in low speed characteristics when we get to some of these tracks a little bit later in the season. So I guess this is somewhat of a test bed and even more so when it comes to teams bringing parts. Um, can I interrupt? Mm-hmm. So I'm scrolling Twitter and Williams have tweeted something is coming with the blue and orange background and golf <laughs> plastered all over it. Brilliant. Special in incoming. Yes. And it it's going to be very popular. 26th for the 5th, so Friday. Okay. At 12pm. Is that not after practice? One of yes. the practices? Yes, it is. Practices. I think it is. Okay. I imagine maybe this is maybe a title sponsorship announcement, possibly. If they're not running a special livery. Oh, no. Practices at 12.30. Ooh. So, yeah. But okay, it's a livery. That's gonna be sick. It's gonna be. It's gonna have that Williams navy and orange, and that's gonna be a beauty. It's what it should have been solved with, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then just a random Duracell planted on top of it. I still like that battery. I don't care anymore. Yeah, says. no, so do it's I. brilliant. It's just random. It's a. It's a brilliant marketing ploy. It's perfect. It is literally a battery if you make it. I love yeah. it. Uh, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on this? I mean, a big week. Like, obviously, Perez lost some running. Obviously, a chance to try and you know, you know, get into some of Verstappen's lead here. It's obviously he won this race last year, so you know, again, yes, somewhat controversially, retrospectively controversially, as we found out yeah. later on. So, yeah, no. Max, hand the place back. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Again, the 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 supposed king of the streets. Again, I, I still don't like that. That's no. If he wins every single street race from the here now to the end of the season, fine. But it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I don't like that. So we'll see. But like he, a big weekend for him again. If he finishes second behind Verstappen here, which I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're getting a Red Bull one two here. I'd be very surprised unless it... they come out from the block straight away and it. Like a second clear of everybody, which I doubt. Then yeah, Monaco's different, man. Monaco's different gravy. Mm-hmm. Different I breed. Fancy gravy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm just interested to see that. Obviously, I'd like to, we see what like, science has run well at Monaco in the past here. Who? <laughs> you know, that's the second driver for Ferrari. The, the one exists. Mm, that one. <laughs> so. We'll see. There's a, a podcast I'm, I need to listen to, I haven't listened to it as of yet, that goes into it from the race about Carlos Sainz's struggles with Ferrari so far this year. This so, year? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess the the, the heights that are the lows that's got to this year so far. Give him a bad car and he'll do all right. He'll keep up with Leclerc and I'll put him out score Leclerc. But give him a good car, can't do it. I know. Some drivers, some drivers are weirdly like that. Mm. Uh, it's a weird one. Anyway, uh, I don't have a ton of other thoughts on this, to be fair. Again, we're, no, we'll, we'll see where Mercedes really. lie. Again, tough track it's hard to... to judge with Monaco. Yeah, it's really hard. Especially when you're bringing a philosophy update as well. It's it's, it's a tough track to trial it. What we say, is it going to be Red Bull 17.0 or is it going to be the completely different 
philosophy again. Well, let's just quickly revisit some of the things they've said. They've said it won't be a Red Bull copy. That's what they've said. Yeah, but then Toto, then Toto walked that back somewhat, didn't he? I wouldn't be against it being a, a Red Bull copy type of thing. Basically, if if it's if we're at the front, then I don't mind. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Is it like? <sighs> I'm going to say yes. Here's It'll a, be in that vicinity anyway. Here's the weird thing: what if it is? Surely Red Bull are entitled Protesting. to legal action here. Yeah. Aston Martin could prove that they had workings for a similar concept from it was like December, November, wasn't it? Like the yeah, they actually went back and showed that they had workings for this, um, which makes sense given who's involved. But even like, I guess it was more so. I guess the debate was more so the fact that it was uh, company information or IP essentially yeah, from transfer from employees. But this. Like this would literally be directly copying. This would be tracing point two point Because literally, like their stated, they had their stated philosophy and their philosophy at the start. Clearly, it didn't work. They were on record saying it needed to change. If it changes to a Red Bull copy, then surely this goes into the reverse engineering thing that was clamped down, obviously, in light of that tracing point for the scenario yeah. of the other year. Based on based on that, I don't think it will be. It'll be similar, but not the same it can't be there, there, there is no way it can be the same anymore it can't it literally can't well so it, it and if too it much is scrutiny for it to be yeah and that's a, expect a load of shits a, a load of fireworks i think here's the thing i think red bull are going to find the smallest thing that's the same and they're going to protest to be it. Petty. because yeah, the mercedes course. will have done the exact same thing yeah of course they would and Mercedes loves to kick others while they're down, and the Red Bull are not going to be afraid to do the same thing the other way. It's going to be it's going to be dickish. It's going to come off like Christian Horner's a prick. All that is true, but in this case, I say, exactly the but they would do it. They have yeah. and done. They sorry, they have done and will do the exact same thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's fair game for the things that have been that have been brewing for seven eight years. Yeah, among the paddock. This the paddock's revenge will be strong. Like, I mean, this is one thing that drives five highlighted is that a lot of teams do not like Mercedes. Yeah, for good reason. So, you know, they are not popular, and when they're you no, know, they've everyone's waited for a very long time for them to be knocked down the pecking order. They have, and everyone's going to do a lot that they can keep to there. keep them there. So I'm not going to be at all surprised when it happens. I'm not going to be disappointed when it happens. I am going to, laugh, going to laugh when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to laugh further if they're punished for it. Similar to, uh, like, what was it that Renault was able to nail a nail tracing point down? It's the brakes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> that, that cost 15 points. Not that 15 points would matter when the gap is as big as it is. I guess it Just might matter. Given Ferrari's form, it might matter. Yeah. I was going to say the gap between fourth and fifth won't matter, but they've got two strong drivers, a stronger pairing driver than Aston Martin pair and Ferrari pair. Mm -hmm. So it might matter. Who knows? It mattered in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, I'm not going to be surprised when that happens, and I'm, dare dare I say, almost excited to see how the pettiness manifests itself. Yeah. Are you excited for the team? It's gonna be yeah. Oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. 
Uh, right, shall we get to a prediction? Top eight, yeah. Top eight, okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to start reverse or from the top? Uh, do the top like we always do. Okay, uh, Charlie Leclerc, it's happening. It is happening. No yeah, rain, no suspension. The cars, no yeah, no crashes is the only the only thing that can stop Leclerc from winning this race. I think is himself. I know Ferrari don't help themselves, but there's no weather at play this year that we know of. There's, there's like a slight chance, but it's slight. Cloud, yeah. yeah. So it's happening. I think it's finally happening. Three years it's been threatened. Uh, two years have been threatening to happen. It's happening, and he's going to head home. Fernando Alonso in second place. Max Verstappen. I'll put Verstappen third. I'll put George Russell in third. Ooh. Uh, I'll put Perez in fourth. Yeah, King of Streets P4. Uh, I've no idea what to make of. See, the, the Mercedes vector is so hard to predict here. I'm going to say, uh, I'll say Lewis Hamilton. I will, I will give him, I'll, I'll give it that. I do, to be fair, I always end up being, giving the benefit of the doubt of Ham- to Hamilton out of Russell and Sainz and Stroll. Yeah, you do. To be fair. Stroll, Stroll's eighth. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I think we both can agree with that. Uh, even though I don't think, even then, probably that's are you putting, correct, actually. Are you putting, well, I mean. I'm putting Alonso fifth. Alonso fifth, okay. Uh, I'll stick Russell then. Actually, no, I'll stick Sainz sixth. Yeah, Sainz sixth, Hamilton seventh. Russell seventh. Are you not? Are you bumping out Lance Stroll here in favour? To be fair, again, we talked about this. The likelihood of all eight finishing there and qualifying is going to be a thing. I'm with you, actually. Now that you've talked me into it, someone's going to do it. I'm going to say Lando I'm Norris. Gasly. Okay. I'm going Gasly. I'll stick Norris in there. To be honest, we could have a conversation with Norris, one of those guys being ahead of Science. Yeah, easily. Science, I think, will. Who? <laughs> See the thing. I think the difference between science and stroll is science's bad days. He can still get himself in the top seven, top eight. Yeah, a stroll bad day can't. for stroll does mean a Q one exit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know there's some recency bias in there, and again, Miami wasn't no. really his fault. No, but still, there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty of evidence to support um, in a quick car stroll getting inexplicably knocked out in Q one or Q two. Yeah. Okie doke. Right. Well, an absolutely nothing week, and we've made an hour and a half out of it, which I'm fine with. You've you've made an hour and a half out of it. Yeah. I'm fine like with it. Talking shit about A1 Grand Prix for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Absolute waste of people's time. No one gives two shits about something that's probably not going to happen. You're probably right. I, I just, look, man. It's paper talk while there's fuck all going on. There, that's look, all that's is. all it was. Like, let's be real. That's, that is exactly what it was. Which if is... it happens and then comes becomes more popular than um, Formula can... 1 and we get A1 Grand Prix to survive, then sure. <laughs> hey, man, I keep these receipts. As, as you know, as people with opinions, that you know, as people who put opinions before things happen, you keep these receipts, all right? Just to say... If you brag about being correct about A1 Grand Prix making a return and whatever, <laughs> you take that small victory. Can I, make that. can I just dance on that hill? Yeah, you can take that. Yes. You can take that hill. It, well, there's no L's involved, sir. It's, it's all yeah, dubs. There isn't. No, for sure. When you've got Marchand Bukowski in charge, nothing <laughs> can go wrong. Uh, listen, man, it's not Eric Boulier, all right? So I'd rather have Eric Boulier. No, you wouldn't. Stop that. 
At least he's stopping the French Grand Prix. <laughs> wasn't, it's not his job. His job was to keep the French. Was to keep the French. Yeah, Grand he's Prix. that good at his job. He can't do it right. <laughs> that was not a positive result for the French Grand Prix, as much as it was it a positive was, result for everyone else. I know. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Eric. <laughs> was it not the was what's the quote? Not the. Not the hero that we needed. Well, what's the the dark thigh quote? I've made a muck, a butchery of it. What was that? A Prost quote. How <laughs> old? Um, the hero we deserved is not the hero we needed. Yeah. Find the find the version that works for Eric Boulier for yourself, and there you go. Yeah. Oh, shambles. Anyway, um, I've nothing else to add really after all that. Do you? No. Oh shit! Oh, Prediction winner. for the Indy 500. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> um, how, can we, how do we spend that much time in not? Okay, right. Um, oh, to be fair, he was so good last year, and he's starting from the front again this year. I'm gonna go with Polo. I like the shout, but I'm going Pato. Uh, Pato was my second choice. I'm gonna be honest. Just because how quick that McLaren has looked, and Pato was very good at ovals. In, in, in race trim so for me I'm going to go with Pato I think it's time yeah I time think Aaron took that next step and Pato actually wins a race this season yeah but I'm Polo not going to be there. not going to be surprised when that happens but yeah technically McLaren will win it anyway if Polo wins <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do uh, think probably. again I'm going to look at the odds I'm, I hope the odds are somewhere on, on the well, betting betting apps but I will be betting either a Ganassi or a McLaren to win you can watch some more in your practice right now if you want. Oh, is that, is that a replaying on Sky Sports yeah. right now? No, no, it's another one. What? There's another session. Sorry. Uh, oh, is that? Oh, is that one of these? There's five in the build-up to the qualifying. Yeah. Another two. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, settle in. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, yeah, I believe that's going to do it for another week of the uh, Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I've been Ari Bulia. Ah. Well, and uh, we shall see you next Tuesday. Or shit. Fuck. No, what do we just. Yeah, we could do this on the Sunday. We can do this on the Sunday. Hell yeah. We'll see you next Monday then, in that case. Uh, Goodbye. <laughs>